COVID vaccinations for no longer neutral. Black Lives Matter, whether it's a hash. Can't take it no longer. It's minority children that are suffering the most. Begin to have real conversations. No, no longer, longer neutral. neutral. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in to No Longer Neutral. Please don't forget to follow subscribe and rate our show wherever you listen to podcasts follow us on instagram at no longer neutral i am dr ad and i am dr sharice roper and i am dr michael haygood excited as ever because we're talking about today Uh sports and i want you guys to know that before we started he was like you think you can hang because you, you love basketball, right? I'm, I'm a football girl. Love all sports. Okay, and baseball. Believe it or not, I love played a year of basketball in high school. Oh, okay. Tell me more. So go wow. there. Tell me more. Yeah. Okay, there, right? jocks. We're all jocks up in here. <laughs> so, yeah, my foundation for actually coming of age is really rooted in sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom was really smart in uh, putting us, and not even pushing, but just Allowing us to like the sport, and then thankfully we all liked every sport. I mean, we loved track, baseball, basketball, mm-hmm. football. It was a yearly thing. Mm-hmm. And we played every single sport for the entire park. And, you know, it was interesting because as I think back to that and thinking about my baseball time at, you know, in Gardena High School and some of the college sports I played and so forth, I am just an enthusiast of competition. And I know for a long time competition has gotten, I think, a bad – sort of a bad – um a bad rap. You know, I mean, we're in America, and I know that competition for a lot of people is, you know, um, unfortunately what this particular system is all about, you know, as far as being in America with the capitalism. And I'm not talking about that kind of competition. I absolutely want everybody to win, but I also know that competition can be fun and can also be enjoyable, and it's okay that one person has to win. And I'm also okay with the fact that everybody gets a trophy. I don't really sit on either side of the fence when it comes to that. Some people really frown on that, that whole thing about everybody getting an award, and you didn't win, so you don't get one. That's, you know, sort of brouhaha to me. I'm okay with that. But I absolutely love sports. I absolutely love the competition. And what I get out of it, and what I think most people seem to get out of it, is not just good health and fitness sometimes that comes from sports, but more than that, that mental health. Like, I feel really sharp after I compete. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like I just took a shower. Mm-hmm. That sweat that's running off me is so alive. I just feel really ready to tackle anything when it oh, comes yeah. to sports. I just absolutely love it. I like team sports, uh-huh. even though I was a swimmer, which is a very individual type of mm-hmm. sport. Um, that was my the thing that I did most. But I really enjoy seeing people work together Mm, Um, when I'm watching you know football you know many people are talking about the quarterback or you know yeah yeah. but I'm looking at all the people all the players on the field right what is the um, linebacker doing Mm -hmm. you know what is all of the you know the everybody on the line all that kind of stuff um but I especially like basketball I will say that is my um, favorite, I think, out of all sports. And it doesn't matter the team. I will sit for the Clippers. I will root for the Lakers. And I will also root for uh, the Warriors. Uh Uh-uh. 
Because uh, <laughs> okay. now you have to pick one. Right, she went to the whole team. But you know, they California. all represent the state girl. in uh-huh. which I yeah. live. That's true. So I'm yeah, gonna root it. for That's all true. of them. That's true. Um, of course, you know, the Lakers are, you know, I think have been on top the longest that, you know, as long yeah. as I can remember as a child. But I'm really getting excited about the Clippers. Yeah, and I'm okay with the whole California thing. I get that. Mm-hmm. I, what I don't get is when people say, you know, I'm I'm a UC, I'm for UCLA when USC is not playing. I don't mm. get that. Like, not, like, no, USC and UCLA are such rivals right. that right. you cannot be for both. I'm just, right. and yeah. it could be no. But instance. but but I did root for UCLA in the championship madness because yeah, yeah. I wanted a West Coast. I see that. College, see? You know yeah. what I mean for right. in that way, and I'm a Trojan. But, at, you know, at the end of the day, I would – no, so here's the exception. With me being a 49er fan, I never go for the Raiders. Uh, okay, because that's their nemesis. It's just – well, not – I have just – Raiders, oh, my goodness. The fans are just obnoxious to me. All you <laughs> Raider fans, including my cousins, yes. And when I was a student at USC, I lived in the dorms. Right. Uh, and, you know, at that time, we didn't have the gate. There wasn't any gates around USC. Yeah. It was an open campus. And when the Coliseum, when it was those Raiders game, they would just run through the school, g- go into the dorms, eat your food, drink your water. Just It was just a rambunctious. So, no, Raider But you've got to love that they are diehard fans. They are. They, are fans. they really are. Fanatically crazy. They do so. not... I think I'm okay with forth. the diehardness. I think I'm not okay when they want to beat me up in the parking lot on the yes. way home. That's Give the part I'm, I'm not riding so for. You know what I mean? I can't stay awake for that. I just, I uh-uh. Do, but Leave me know. alone. It was a game. You know what I mean? And, what I, and which brings to mind the first award and trophy that I ever got. Yeah. I was on an 0-9 t-ball team. 0-9. We were the Cubs Bless at Athens heart. Park. We were 0-9. <laughs> Gotta have a little heart I was the pitcher, and I got a sportsmanship <laughs> award at the banquet. I was. They have one sportsmanship award, and I think it was because I was the kid on the team that always told our team, "We can do it. Like we can win mm-hmm. today." And I always thought we were going to win. I never cried after the game. I just was happy to play, okay. to be right, quite honest, right. and just happy that I was able to play sports at that time. Mm-hmm. And why, it was just why, interesting. Why were? You, why would you be able to play sports? You said you were happy to play sports at that time. Why? I didn't you? even know, and and where I grew up, which was on Figueroa and 120th, way back in the day, I didn't even know that the park had a little league team or a system oh, okay. or a coordinated okay. teams. I didn't. We just very rarely went to the park. So when I went one particular day and saw teams, we ran home and told my mother, you know, like, you know, how do we get on a team? You know, mm-hmm. we didn't even know that there were actually sports teams at this park, and so. Just being young and mm-hmm. not knowing and then finally being able to do that was just, it changed my life. It really just infused my life with so many different traits and qualities and characteristics. Mm-hmm. Bigger than the skills I learned. Mm-hmm. It was right. bigger than that. You know, and that's mm-hmm. why I think about, you know, students on recess and at lunch and, you know, playing P.E. and so forth on the yard. And when they come in with all these trials and tribulations and conflicts, most teachers try to quiet that down. And they don't understand the teaching moment that's involved in that. Mm-hmm. Such social emotional gains can be made particularly from the outside mm-hmm. yes. particularly yeah, from yeah, the playground yeah, absolutely. right you know right. and we yeah. lose those moments you know that was a class it's room. that idea that of learning through play absolutely yes. you know no matter what it is right yeah. um, that there are opportunities within that organization that, or that structure mm-hmm. Yep. of mm-hmm. that game mm-hmm. that you learn different things i learned and i think i've said this before i learned about money 
and acquiring property through playing, even though it's not a physical, but through, Monopoly. through playing Monopoly. Monopoly. I right. That. Are um, you watching Winning Time? I love Winning Time. Are Great show. Shout no. out Winning Time on Lakers Dynasty. They Lakers. go through the whole. Go ahead, Ayala. Oh, no, no, yes, 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 yes. They yes. go through the era of the Magic Era, which right. was Kareem I, and Michael yes. Cooper and Norm Nixon. The, and The Kareem era. You know, and I don't even know. <laughs> we were talking about this at my house if it's actually gotten approval because I know Magic is not an approving of the show. Mm. So if you watch the show, you'll know why. I watched a little bit of it, but thought to myself, I want to see more than just him. Well, you're going to see more because yeah, okay. I'm, yeah, on, shows more. I'm on episode six or yeah. seven. And yeah, believe me, they tell a lot about yeah. the, the traits and characteristics. And I don't know how true it is. I have yeah. to say that. I don't know how true okay. it is. But I know they give you a lot mm-hmm. of information around what was happening, mm-hmm. particularly around who was seeing a lot of women, mm-hmm. particularly around who had an attitude with the rest of the players, particularly around who was the person who had no kind of confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, they give you all of that. And those Good were the backstories that I had no idea about. So, and I'm you, a diehard Kareem Abdul-Jabbar fan. Shout out to the, my fellow Aries. Lou Alcindor. So, Lou Alcindor, Kareem. And, and I like how they show his is interest in jazz, mm-hmm. jazz kind of sewer. Okay, so here is the question that I really have. Go ahead. What do you think? So we know that the Lakers are, they have not made it to, you know, the next level. So they're out, they're done, right? <laughs> yeah, we're all in tears about it, yep. So, but what do you really think about the whole LeBron dynasty kind of thing, right? That, He's the team, and so my husband and I, we have these discussions about he thinks, well, okay, LeBron's probably going to, you know, if he leaves, then what's left? Because he has orchestrated basically all the players and all of that. Absolutely. And, you know, you've given up a lot to get what you have that isn't working. Correct. So where Where do do we go from here? Yes. Well, bigger than – Adjacent to where do we go from here, my thoughts about LeBron is, hey, I'm a LeBron backer. Mm-hmm. I am on his team. I'm on his side. I saw what he was trying to do. He tried to create a veteran team that could come in maybe one or two years, get him a championship that he can add and say, hey, I'm a multiple championship game team winner. That's something that Michael Jordan didn't have. That's something that Kobe Bryant did not have. Mm-hmm. So I see he was trying to elevate his own brand of – being the first to do something that other people weren't able to do. And some people didn't like the fact that he could maneuver and talk agents into making sure certain players came. I thought it was phenomenal, and I thought it was wonderful. And now I do know that he is at a trek in the road where the fork is saying, which way am I going to go? Because I don't see a way out of what's happened. In other words, there has got to be some massive trading going on in the off season. He's probably going to lose all the players, if not himself. And he may just leave. And I'll be okay with that, to be honest, because I think he, he did his thing. He's played the best out of any Laker this year. And he's still averaging what he was averaging in Cleveland. And so it's phenomenal that he can just keep up that kind of motivation and stats for himself. So I'm impressed, LeBron. You got me. You got me on your team. But so you were look, implying something different, though. So look, Where are you so, going with that? So he brought in people that are under his wings, not just his wing, but also a part of the, his that agency. True. And so those people may not have been necessarily the best the, fit. 
the people that the Lakers needed to go to the place that they needed to go. But mm-hmm. because they were under, you know, and I don't want to say conflict of interest or anything like that, because I don't necessarily know as, you know, I'm not that deep ingrained into that part of it. You but mean I, as far as him pulling the triggers? Well, as far as like you're, calling using, the shot. you're you're choosing the people from your organization that you right. have created that you, you know. And that you played with before. And that you give, mm-hmm. you know, money for. It's your like um, casting agency, yeah, yeah, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's like if, if I have, if I'm going to hire for some, if I'm going to hire for some principalships or something, right? And I'm just looking at all of the people who are signed under my um, own outside entity, and I'm not looking at any other possibilities out there from some other places that could have been a better fit for the organization, right? So you're winning on your end with all the stuff that you've got in the background, but it may not be the best for what the people need for the city. Mm. And that played out that way. It only played out that way, but that's not LeBron's fault. Let so, me tell you the difference because. Everyone, mm. all of the sports mm. theorists, <laughs> before the season started yes. and the teams were made, everyone was applauding LeBron, including the sports theorists, including sports theorists from other, stu- from other cities were saying, oh, my God, we're going to have to contend with the Lakers again because look at that team. So on paper, he had created a magnificent-looking team that was going to go far, if not to the championship. Mm. What didn't pan out was injuries occurred, but and some of, those, some of those folks didn't play up to the level expected. And some of those people were known for injuries. That's true. You know that, that they're always true. out and they never play for that the whole true. year or whatever. That the is season. true. But you can so hope. why are you, you oh can my hope. God, hope at that place. <laughs> With the amount of money you pay them to come in, right, I right. need more than hope. They need to be ship shop. What do you, tip top shape. They should have came in with hardly anything on their yeah. um, their medical I see <laughs> background. Yeah, I, I have no comment because I kind of dropped the Lakers. I'm still a Lakers fan because I'm, I'm a part of that 80s dynasty yeah, yeah. child. Absolutely. But when Shaq left, I kind of just left. Yeah, but Showtime was it. Showtime was the was season. Sh- you know, I yeah. like the Shaq era. And then came Kobe again, and that was another season. But let me yeah. ask you guys this. Thinking of LeBron, I was watching the other day on HBO Max. Um, LeBron has a new sort of... Um, talk circle that he does at a barbershop and it's on HBO Max and it's just a conversation that he's having with mostly players but this week in the last episode he had a woman basketball player from the WNBA I forgot her name but shout out to you because you are fabulous from what I understand you're the best player in the WNBA and she's had the she's broken a record with the best contract of any female player so apparently they're saying that now women athletes will look back, and they will look back at her moment of gaining such a great um, offer to play again that they will look back. I don't, but I know that it was exceedingly well from what everyone's talking about, that it was very high for a woman, and that was great. And so that's my question is, you know, what? because she was speaking about and introduced to LeBron and the team that were there, Mm -hmm. all those sports players, and she was talking about how the differences were, and she introduced something that I hadn't even thought about. And she said that for men, when they actually become really good in sports, that for them to brand themselves, they would then be able to get some of the commercials and some of those sort of, you know, um, you know, perks mm-hmm. that some of the other people wouldn't be able to get. For her, she was saying that in order for her to brand herself, she has to look a certain way. 
even to play, she was talking about the fact that women have, you know, are asked to wear makeup and, you know, women are asked to do certain things and just to be able to play, not even to get the perks, but there's things that the men basketball players are not being asked to do, but yet being played, paid exceedingly well. And the differentiation between the two salaries are huge. And sure. so I know that we're making grounds on that, you know, with Title IX and all the things that have happened, but I know that we have to also make sure we're sending a serious message uh, particularly to student girls. You know, mm -hmm. I think about how, you know, sexism plays a part in most of the things we do, not just in sports, but also in our classrooms, you know, with asking boys to, you know, be the only one to set up the film projector or asking boys to make sure they get to play kickball and the girls have to play hopscotch. Maybe some of the girls want to play kickball. You know, that those are the kind of things I want to foster at a very early age. Right, what about right, you guys? Right. Um, wow, it just stirred up a lot of thoughts I for know. me. Uh, we all know that overall, women are not paid the same as men in any industry. Um, I see things shifting when I look at, you know, the places of power. I see more women than I've seen in the past. So I'm hopeful that things will continue to shift Supreme Court justice. Um, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and shout out to Katanji, right? Shout out. Yes, yes, so proud of her. Um, but I often wonder, too, because here's the thing that I think about sports, with sports, and this is where I get upset. Uh-oh. Because I feel like the amount of money that men receive to do what they do. That's funny. You, just, you chose the word receive instead of earn. Uh -oh. <laughs> I got you though. <laughs> I hear you. You're it's just through. way over the top. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. just ridiculously way over the top. When I go past my, to get into my, the building where I work and I see the number of homeless people encamped out front of the district building, mm -hmm. I'm just appalled that we spend so much money on, and I just have to just say it, on people, you know, going up and down the Throwing floor. Throwing a ball in a hoop. And putting a ball in a hoop. And I know, okay, yeah, you, you know, you use some muscles and all of that, and you get injured, but come on. When I say millions, trillions, billions, it's like, come on. Let me give you, let me give you the verse they would say. What would they say? Athletes would say, we provide the exact thing you spoke of on the podcast earlier, which is mental health. We provide entertainment. We provide a break from your regular nonsensical day. We provide so much, you know, good feeling for you. Those hormones, those inner things that are going on in your body when we win or when you want us to win or when you're cheering for us. That's all in the mix of our paycheck is what so they I would say. And so you. does my yoga teacher, but she doesn't get paid. So I dollars. bet you. If you took half of what they get and you added back to my paycheck, I promise you, I, I would not need as much time <laughs> over at the at the Staples or at the what's the new the SoFi. The SoFi, yeah. Right? Oh, that's so um, I just and I know I digressed a little bit, but that's true. Even if they just decided to take that and then give it to. Um, you know, a portion of what they make to the women's not gonna league. Happen. And I know some people will say, well, you know, you guys pay the, you buy the tickets. 
you sit in the seats. Mm -hmm. The tickets and the seats are a part of what gives us the money to get, you know, to pay the salaries. So people need to, more people need to go sit in the seats and buy tickets to the WNBA, right? I hear all of that, but it's still ridiculous. I agree. You cannot tell me that it's not ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous when you compare it to, um, I, I don't know the countries, but I know that there are countries that don't look at entertainment stars, celebrity athletes, all those things, and pay them those astronomical figures. In fact, what they do is they try to stay more in the this makes sense arena, which is where you're coming from, mm -hmm. with, with the way in which they pay other careers as well. Like their doctors, teachers, and lawyers um, make them make a lot of money, you know, in those countries that I'm speaking of, mm -hmm. as opposed to, and certainly do their stars, but there is not that huge separation of salary that right. you can look at and point to. And there probably is less of a homeless situation because of that. But when you're dealing with America that is dealing with the capitalism that we foster, right. then we push out that notion that, right. you know, I mean, look at, so, look at social media and how many folks yes. are making huge amounts of money for right. putting on makeup right. and right. tutorial. Right, right, right. Of which and you, I've taken. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I want to, you know, I admit, it just came to me what you talked about in the sense of people, um, you know, that they would say, those sports figures would say that they're providing you with entertainment, so on and so forth. But let's think about it. Who are the people that can afford to go and sit in those seats? Right. Right? The people who probably, and not to, you know, uh, place a level, but those who probably need the most amount of entertainment and just woosah are those people who are working those jobs that are not getting paid anything right. and they can't afford to go right. to those games. You're absolutely right. That's absolutely. a very good point. Yeah. You know, That's it's a very yeah. good let's point. look at the Super Bowlers right here in the neighborhood. Right. I was $10, not going to spend dollars. any money to go, right. and I have a good job. Right. Yeah. Or at least I think I have a good yeah. job. Right. Until you do. Right, right, right. Then I get mad because I'm like, wait a minute. I should be able to afford that. Right. So, um, you know, I, I wish that we could support women better. I, um, the young lady that they had the conversation with, you know, good for her. And Absolutely. hope that the trend will. Oh, now I know her name. Her name is Aja. Aja. A-J-A. And I forgot her last name. But Aja, she's um, new to the WNBA and she, she just got offered and paid a huge amount of money, which was great. And a lot mm -hmm. of the, um, they talked about it a lot and said what groundbreaking um, moment that would be for the rest of the women that were coming behind her. Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Yes, yes. Nice, nice. Good to hear as a woman. Um, that we're making some, some, some major making some strides. strides. Yes. yes. And everything takes... You know, I try to tell my kids because they often look at certain things and we have one of those homes that we do talk a lot about cultural factors and cultural mm -hmm. issues and norms and things that we want to see improve in this world because we always try to foster the idea of, you know, it only takes one. Mm -hmm. And Aja was that one. But I also know that, you know, the strides take a long time, unfortunately. I'm mm -hmm. one of those people that is the hurry-up-and-wait kind of person. Maybe that's my military background. But that hurry-up-and-wait is so important for us because I think a lot of times we want things to happen overnight. And when we don't see it, we get frustrated with non-movement. Right. You know, and that's when, you know, my whole thing is, okay, then where's the revolution? We're either going to revolution or we're going to take our time. And right now the pace is about taking our time. You know, right, and making right. sure we see those kind of successes and strides yeah. and improvements, not just for women, but yeah. all, you know, 
all people who are, you know, sort of um, left out, you know? Right, right, right. I never forget that Reggie Miller said that his sister Cheryl was a better player than Absolutely. he was, but she didn't have that space to play, you Correct. know? Mm-hmm. And she was just ahead of her time, you right. know? There right. wasn't even a WNBA, no, I wasn't. think, when she, she was yeah. ahead of her time. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So speaking about money, we're going to make it just a quick shift. Um, I know that it's tax season. We're not going to stay here long because I hear you already breathing hard and tired. Because <laughs> I have to share my birthday on tax day, which everyone does not, like, really get involved in my birthday because they're stressing out over taxes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, April 15th every April year. 15th. Yes, yes. And with that, knowing that it is April 15th every single year, yeah. one of the things we try to do is give you a little bit of insight on ways that can make your life better. So Michael was sharing with us um, something that he's known for a long time. And we know that we go in and out. We use things. We don't use things and all of that. But we want to share a few little tips with you on making tax season, I think, a little bit more bearable. Well, obviously, you know, one of the things I did um, when I was in my 20s was, thank God, I actually found a company, a person um, that I could rely on. You know, um, doing your taxes is personal. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always seen it that way. Yes, it's business, but it's very personal. You know, whether you are getting refund, whether you actually have to pay the government, whether you're taking out, you know, whatever your exempt status is, all of that is your decision making. But I really, really um, wish, and one of the things that did not happen that I love that Ayana talked about, and I want to go to her next, and that is that I wish there was an actual moment where when I was growing up, I understood what taxes meant mm-hmm. and how they affected me. And what I could do in this sort of game of taxes to make sure that I come out on top or that I come out at least being able to swim and not drown, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And so not knowing those kinds of things. Ayana, speak about what you were. Well, well, you know, what I try to do with my son is um, show him a list of ways that he can, you know, uh, prepare for his taxes throughout the year what receipts he could save, how to become organized, because part of it is, you know, being organized yes. and have a plan ahead, how much, um, if you want to break even or, if you know, you don't want to owe, you don't want to get any much back, but, you know, you want to stay, like, right in the middle and break even, you know, how much do you need to give to donate or, you know, right. just know, have a plan at the beginning of the year and not the week of or two weeks before taxes are due, you know. So I'm always thinking about ways that I can have myself prepared um, to be well organized, and if you own um, income property, I, I own property, so I want to make sure that I have you know separate file systems for you know my um, additional supplemental incomes versus you know my my regular ninety five, my W twos, your ten ninety nine. So all those things I was trying to prepare my son because my mother, bless her heart, although I saw her do her taxes every each year, she didn't have those conversations for you know with right. me on what I needed to do pre- right. to prepare. Right. So just making our, our uh, generations behind us more um, financially astute, right, and tax savvy. Right. And I like what you mentioned about charitable donations. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you ask for those receipts. Ask for receipts. Um, you give a bag or two to Goodwill, ask them for mm-hmm. your receipt. Um, you know, it's easy to just drop it off and just walk away. Mm-hmm. But you don't realize that, you know, that you can use that, those kinds of things. If you are, um, if you've got dues that you have to pay yes. for certain organizations, your work, 
often those things can be, you know, yeah. written off on your taxes mm-hmm. as well. But you need, donations. You need to have a record of that. Your tax person, mm-hmm. you know, can help you with that. Um, you mentioned just now uh, something donations. I said scholarships, like, you know, oh, when yes. you're in an illustrious dynamic sorority such as Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. <laughs> you know, we do a we do a lot of community work and giving. So, you know, save those receipts and Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And um I always Michael alluded to it, but I also have a financial planner. Mm-hmm. And there are some financial planners that really don't cost anything right. or mm-hmm. much. Um I was able to get my the one that I have been using for years through the district Um, because it was, you know, they kind of, they came to help you with your 403Bs or whatever it was. And a part of that was you could utilize their services. Oh, wow. And so you can meet with her once a year, every year, and she doesn't charge you. Oh. So, you know, there are things out there that you can utilize to help you. She helped me a lot with really looking at budgeting. Okay. And thinking about, you know, those things, like you mentioned, that can be charitable donations and how you can do that throughout uh, the year and those kinds of things. Um, so definitely those would be things that would help you for next year. So start, yeah, don't stress, y'all. Don't stress. Right, right, right. Just but just start prepared. saving those receipts right. and stuff mm-hmm. and then pay attention when they're talking about taxes, right? The government is talking about, you know, what's new and what's not. Um, a good accountant can also help you, you know, with those kinds of things mm-hmm. as well. And I, you know, I just had a thought. You just made me think of one more thing, and that is, we were just having the conversation around sort of the haves and have-nots, mm-hmm. and um, you know, with the sports and how you know that differentiation in salary. And I like to marry that to the same thing with taxes, almost because thinking about money and thinking about where my money goes. And sometimes I'm really okay when I hear about this new law or new policy that's going to be taxing me. You know, there's a new milk tax or there's a new this tax or there's a new so that we can do this, so that we can do that. I'm okay with that sometimes when I feel like the bigger picture is to help other people. I'm one of those kinds of people um, who obviously is um, not tied to any political group. But I'm sort of offended when I find that there is typically most, well, I'll just say one political party that is really about keeping their money and not putting in any money for taxes because they have it all and they don't want to donate any of it to the urban communities. Mm -hmm. And I just get, get offended by that. And it's the same kind of notion where I do feel like we're all on this planet together. Nobody came alone. Well, you came alone, but we're all here together. Right. And there needs to be some sense of support for all the things that we're doing, and part of that is paying your taxes. Right, right, right. That's just what we we're do doing. We do have to pay, so it's just a matter of being smart and, you know, and really thinking about how you can really make things work. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to encourage you. This is my last thing. I'm going to encourage you, because I'm always going to try and help you with some finances. Yay, and I'm going to encourage you to really have a budget, know where your money is going. And find someone that can help you with your plan. Yes. Someone you trust. Yes, yes. Do not, this is the last thing, try hard as you're thinking about making a, like a first step, 
is to utilize envelopes mm-hmm. to place your money in mm-hmm. so that you're not swiping that card yeah. mindlessly all yes. the time. True. Because when we swipe it, we don't know until we don't have any more. I'm a swiper. That it's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So Ayana is going to take us out. Well, I'm going to leave you with a thought, and the thought is simply this. Good thoughts are no better than good dreams unless they are executed. And that's by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. All right, Kareem. Execution. There it is. All right, you guys. Don't forget, follow, subscribe, rate, rate. wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure you follow us on No Longer Neutral. We can't take it no longer on Instagram. Yes, at No Longer Neutral. We out, y'all. We'll see you next week.